Hi, and welcome to Rescuing Churches. If you love pastoral life, ministry, and church revitalization, this is a great place to join the discussion about why the local church matters, how we can help the ones that are in decline, and be an encouragement to their pastors along the way. We'll even get to hear stories from special guests about what God is doing in the church at large. This show is hosted by two guys who serve the local church and is for everyone within the local church. Thanks for tuning in today. Let's go. All right. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Rescuing Churches, where it is always a great adventure discussing church revitalization and pastoral life. Always. Always. Learn more at 614ministries.org. My name's Josh. That's my dad, Stan. And the silent partner is sitting silently. The silent partner, Mike, is manning the knobs at Mission Control, as always. Doing his silent manning thing. Doing his silent manning thing. Today, we're going to discuss an issue that actually came up on a previous podcast episode, right? Did it? It did. With special guest, author, speaker, and pastor Carl Vaters, who we were blessed to have as our keynote speaker at this past weekend's Shepherd Summit here in Mobile. Which went awesome. It went fantastic. And if you missed out on that, you really did miss some amazing time with fellow pastors. Mm. A lot of incredible content. Um, some great learning sessions with Carl. Great stuff. Um, we were already talking about doing another one at some point in the future, so you can stay tuned to our website and our social media for information yeah, on that. To, to a pastor, everyone's asked, please do this again, maybe in six months. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so I'm yep. not sure we can gear we, up for that. but We are already we'll being asked again. So any news that develops on that front, just stay tuned to all of our uh, resources, our website, and our social media. For, for all of our pastors who were here for the conference, um, we echo to you again. If you want to do something of a similar nature in your own community, if you want to round up six or seven pastors, ten pastors from your own community, and let us come to them and spend a day or two or just an afternoon with them to encourage them in some of the principles we learned this weekend, we'd be glad to come do that at 614. We can't fly, we can't afford to fly Carl everywhere we go, but we can bring his information and the encouragement and the prayer times and the valuable lessons with us. So exactly. We would be exactly happy to right. do that. Yep, we sure can. So speaking of our social media and the Shepherd Summit, there are some photos up from the event. If you'd like to check those out, um, just visit 614 Ministries on Facebook or Instagram. You can find all of those. Um, when we had Carl on our podcast earlier this year, uh, we've had him on twice. And if you guys remember right. when we had him on back in January, we were discussing the issue of transitioning out of 2021. We were kind of talking about coming out of COVID and how churches and pastors can handle all of that. And there was something that he said that really resonated with us, uh, resonated with me so much. I ended up making a little quote graphic out of it and ended up circulating on social media. A lot of you guys um, liked it and shared it. Um, and this was his quote, and this topic actually came up at the summit again and then came up again and some of Dad's thoughts, and it's a little bit of what we want to talk about today. But here's, here's the way Carl phrased it. He said, I think a lot of churches have to reemphasize the mission. And alongside that, and as important, is self-care or soul care. Take care of yourself, of your own soul. We've got too many pastors burning themselves out, trying to be the answer for everybody. We've got more pastors and more churches 
just hanging on until this is over. And once this is over, they're out. And he was kind of talking about that idea of taking care of your own soul, really the difference between the two. And that's what you want to talk about today. Dad. And I remember, I remember his quote when we talked about that, he and I talked about that on the previous podcast. It's that uh, couple that's, uh, about done with themselves as a couple. Right. They can't stand being together anymore, but they're going to hang in there till the kids are gone. Exactly. And then they're going to get divorced. Yep. And some pastors are hanging there till the COVID is gone, and then they're going to get divorced from the church. Exactly. Just pack it and go. Pack it up and go. And it's that burnout cycle. Yes. Um, and part of that is they're not refreshing themselves well, um, which we talked about. So, some of our time at the summit we wanted to just have the pastors to be able to talk to each other. Right. And so we'd pose an interesting question and let everybody throw out an answer. And it really became very good and healing and refreshing and encouraging for ministers to minister to ministers right. <laughs> and shepherds to shepherd shepherds. So that was really cool. And this is one of the topics we talked about is how to care for yourself uh, at a deeper level. Right. So, so Let's kind of just take it from the top here and kind of dive into this idea of how intensely exhausting ministry can be, which you would think would, I mean, when you phrase it that way or think of it that way, and when I was reading through some of your notes on this, it's kind of like a duh thing for a lot of us who either work in the ministry in any capacity, yeah. um, or if you were, especially, especially if you were married to a pastor, the son of a pastor, related to a pastor in any way, you, you kind of know all of this, but it's really interesting because there's a lot of people who are outside of that bubble who don't think of ministry that way. And they're active church members. Right. Oh, they're yeah. Some, very of them, active some of them are very members. active in the church members, and they have but no not, idea how exhausting yeah, it taking, actually is. They're not taking toll on all that. And, right. And taking account of all that. I, I remember a couple of stats that were given years ago about board members. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you, if most of us as pastors, if you go around, if you have a board of five guys or 30 guys, however right. big your board is, if you ask them all to write down how many hours you think I should study, you ask them to write down how many hours do you think I should, um, how many hours do you think I should be doing hospital visits? How many hours do you think I should be doing, uh, how many hours do you think I should be doing small groups? Uh, if you if you get all the board members to submit all of that to you individually, what you end up with, what you end up with is uh, a pastor is supposed to spend about ninety hours. A week uh, doing, he just doesn't have enough time to do it all. Right. Um, it's way more than a, you know, forty-hour week job, and and that's if he's bivocational, by the way. Sure. So they're like, oh, you got time to work later. Yep. <laughs> so, but they just don't understand how much they're piling on, and a lot of them don't understand how much time it takes to prepare a really good message, um, and that kind of deal. So. Um, it, it gets into be a problem, but then you just get the natural physical exhaustion that comes with it. You know, this weekend would be a great example for us. You know, we had a, I had it probably one of the hardest weeks of ministry, or a really hard week of ministry prior to the week of we're doing us doing the summit here. We did the Shepherd Summit, which is 614 at my home church, mm-hmm. Northside, which yep. is a small Bible church, Mobile, Alabama. So I've got to organize all the people or get help to organize all the people at our church to get that done and kind of ride herd on who's taking care of this meal and, and what are we doing for this meal and is this meal better? Who's got this? And then the guy that's got this has got court duty. So, oh, gosh, we got to change that. Are we all changing that or details. no? Oh, no, he misunderstood his date. So there's all those rearranging things happening. While you're working on all that, then you've got just the care of the church itself. You got people in, you know, trouble or crisis or whatever. And so, uh, and then 
the whole weekend fell on our biggest monthly event, which is Testimonies on the Lawn, which packs yeah. our little church out. Yeah, every our big, big worship and testimonies blow out. Last Saturday night of the month, it packs our little church out, and it's an all-day event. I mean, we have to set everything up and take everything down. We have to reset the sanctuary. We have just a ton of it, stuff going on with that. So, oh, yeah. so right summit, summit had to time out with that because of where Carl's schedule was. So anyway, all that to say, we had an exhausting last week. And my whole deal, I even told my two staff guys, uh, volunteer staff guys, man, Monday I'm off. Just don't even try. Don't even well, text me. You know who I thought about in the middle of all of that and when we were doing all of that and when I read your notes for this episode that we were going to record today, um, and I thought – the fact that this is not in your notes, you have to tell the story of who in your life when you uh, met said told, said to you, oh, you, you, you're a pastor or you want to be a pastor? So you only work like one day a week? <laughs> that would be my father-in-law. Yes. <laughs> your grandfather. Your grandfather. Every time I visit him in North Carolina, my wife's dad, uh, he'd go, what do you do the other days of the week? You, don't, you just work one day a week, don't you? Yeah. Um, what in the world do yeah. you do Monday through Saturday? Right. You don't have anything else to do. Yeah. But after that long, exhausting week, I really wanted, uh, after I preached on this sun- this past Sunday, I really wanted... Monday and Tuesday to be a day of just nothing. Literally, I'm taking everything off the schedule. Um, woke up with a horrible headache this morning at about four o'clock. Um, this is just story time with Pastor for a minute. Um, but then by six fifteen, I'm starting to get texts that there's several problems happening and several things that need to be addressed. And it's not anything I can leave without at least managing some of it. And so now I'm, you know, between six thirty and eleven o'clock, I'm spending a ton of time texting, calling, checking on operating around then we got a guy that goes to the hospital with high blood pressure and heart pain chest pains and and you're like okay i'm not off anymore <laughs> back welcome, on the clock welcome back <laughs> so, welcome back that was fun while last so but it's just what small pastors go through and some ministers when that happens you just it, eventually you have to find a way to take a break but in the midst of all of that where you can't you have to be able to refresh yourself and you have to stop being constantly drained without some level of refreshing. And and some pastors, and to your point here, ha, are, have a lot of trouble doing that. They know they need to do it, uh, but they struggle to do it. Sure. Um, as your son, I know this to be true. Yes. And then you have some pastors that uh, won't do it at all right. um, just because they refuse because they get so sucked into it. And then, mm-hmm. of course, you've got other pastors who might be doing too much of it. So I think there's a balance. <laughs> right, 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 there's right. a balance, obviously, sure. that has yeah. to happen. So we can kind of walk through that. Um, and you talk about the, the need for refreshing and the different types of it and the difference between refreshing of your soul and your spirit. So, Yeah, and, and really what, what happens for me, like, like last week when I was a uh, week before last when we were kind of coming into all this, um, and I was going to these board meetings that I wasn't normally supposed to be in from another ministry and working through a bunch of crisis there. I mean, I was just mentally fried. You were out of town. Uh, your mother and my, my wife was out of town. And so I had the house to myself. But, I mean, I was exhausted. I was mentally fried. And so one day, just went back to the house uh, at noon, which in Mobile, Alabama, at noon uh, this time of year, it's about 109 degrees outside. And I thought, you know what I want to do more than anything else? I want to go get my weed ear and go outside and weed eat till I can't stand up. I would just like to say on a side note, that would have been the last thing I would have thought. <laughs> right. I am not wired that right, way. Right. As you, I'm your son. But, but I, I needed the refreshing of working 
a physical lab- laborious mm-hmm. job and seeing the results. For me as a pastor, yep. you're working with so many entities and boards and people and groups and individuals that you're discipling, and the results are seed planting and slow to come. And weed eating is as long as the weed eater runs and it's got string on it, there's uncut grass. Oh, look, cut grass. Uncut, cut, un- and everywhere I move the weed eater, I'm making progress. So <laughs> Which for is 45 minutes, I was able to make really good progress and get the yard back to a good place. And and then and then of course the physical exertion of that and the heat was good for me to sweat a bunch of that out and mm-hmm. you know go in and drink a whole bunch of fluids and then just, just stay in the air conditioner and take a shower and feel better. But that was that was spirit refreshing, not soul refreshing right. for me. Now it felt refreshing. But there is a difference. And I think sometimes when I ask pastors, what can you do to care? What do you do to care for yourself? Um, I'm asking about a soul issue, and they're talking about how they refresh themselves. Like, well, I'll, I'll go spend a day at the golf course, or, you know, I might just sit around and watch movies. Mm-hmm. Um, I can do, <clears throat> you know, there's a lot of things I can do that I enjoy. Um, I might go to my favorite restaurant and just eat a meal, treat myself to my favorite meal, you know, with my wife or whatever. Um, I might go play tennis. Might be a baseball guy. Loves to go find a batting cage and just you know knock a bunch, hit a bunch of baseballs. Uh, I might go on a bike ride or a trail ride if I'm a you know motorcycle guy. Might be a video. The newer, younger guys. It might be. I might just binge out on a video game for a little while. Oh yeah. Um, I might even just read. You know, some of the older pastors they just read for fun. Yeah, sit down and read. Yeah, and all those kind of things seem to be, to me, spirit care. And mind care, like I'm resting my mind, Physi- um, physical body yeah, care. Uh, yeah, yeah. I have one guy just, I just take naps. <laughs> I'm like, well, that's hey, good. That's, I would have been in that boat. Yeah, there's your rest. Yeah. You, there's you were talking rest. about weed eaters. I was thinking about my bed. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> so you you rest your mind and even your physical body some. Oh yeah. As a way to refresh. Right. Um, but that's not what soul care looks like. Right. That's physical and mental refreshing. And I think that's what you and Carl were alluding to. Yes. Yeah. And yep. so at the conference the other day, we we literally began to talk about with the pastors, you know, what do you actually do to refresh your soul? How do you get your soul um, refreshed with that living water that Jesus asked us to have? You know, we will be a wellspring of living water springing up out of us. The church is counting on us to have that. So what do I need to do to care for my soul? Now, that's a whole different list. Um, that looks more like I'm spending a significant amount of time uh, in prayer. And for me, it's it's praying a few words uh, from the book of Daniel, let my words be few. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. But but mostly listening. Lord, I'm gonna I'm gonna speak for a few minutes of praise and worship, and then I'm gonna ask you to speak to me because I need to hear from you. Um, a lot of times when I do my prayer time like that, I'll literally physically open my Bible. Um, to a to the Psalms or Proverbs, sometimes the Psalms, mostly the Psalms for me these days. But I'll open it to the Psalms and I'll just ask the Lord while I'm sitting here quietly listening, just show me anything. And sometimes it's a Psalm I read, sometimes it's something I, I hear in my head that's a verse I've known or a truth I've known. And uh, And sometimes it's nothing. Sometimes it's just quiet. And the Lord just wants me to sit quiet with Him. And when I sit quiet with him, I'm actually being refreshed in my soul. Um, you know, the, the the word we think of as intimacy, um, so a lot of times we tie it to all kinds of 
sexual connotations, but intimacy is really when two people can be together and be at one, one. right? and just be there for each other. And not even have to say anything. And never say anything. Yep. And that's exactly. so important uh, for our relationship with the Lord. I think it's just neat sometimes to sit quietly and be with the Lord and mm-hmm. not have to talk or or him not talk and just know he's with me. Exactly. There's a tremendous refreshing that takes place on that. Um, so then there's, and that would be probably considered a private time of worship, but sure. I, there, you could, you could do a lot of different things with your, your worship. Maybe the way you refresh your soul is you just put on some of your favorite music, Christian music and sing to it. You right. know, um, I love using Pandora. I'm a Pandora guy. So, um, I, one of my Pandora channels is, um, instrumental hymns mm-hmm. and I can put instrumental hymns on and just listen to the hymn playing very quietly uh, while I'm meditating or just sitting and and the words of those songs of course come back to my head because I grew up singing them all and I mean sometimes I just get overwhelmed with how beautiful those words are right. and I feel very refreshed not physically but in my soul, in your soul now yeah. my soul's being I touched I, I'm the same way with the, with the music thing and I'll actually create and this is this is just another practical idea I'll throw out there I'll create individual playlists on my Apple Music and I'll have one that's called like encouragement and I'll have another one that's called praise and worship uh-huh. and another one that's called something else. And I'll have a different playlist for each thing so that if I'm going through a hard time or a hard trial, I can pull my encouragement playlist up just like that. Right. And I have a list of 10 or 12 songs. Some of them, of course, Stephen Curtis Chapman of songs. Some of Shout them, out. Yeah. Some of them by some of my other favorite artists that are encouraging to me and build me up. But then if I'm in you know, a state of mind where I want to worship, I'll have worship songs that are, you know, designed and written Correct. to do that. So, yeah. So, so I think as a minister, we have to figure out the, the specific things that can minister to our soul. So sometimes you can minister to somebody and it bring healing to your soul or strength to your soul. Um, and sometimes it needs to be somebody outside the circle of your church. When you're doing it for your church, it's a little more like work to you or it's sort of in a, a venue that's part of what you do. But when you can connect with somebody outside that circle, so there's actually going to be no pat on the back. There's going to be no recognition of it. There's going to mm-hmm. be no – it's just like a, a deal, you know. Um, and, you know, for me, for years, I just I just go care for people's yards or stuff. You right. know, I just go help somebody. Don't tell anybody. Don't do anything with it. Just do it. Just go and do it. and yep. that's soul refreshing at times. You know, now it's physically exhausting perhaps. Oh, yeah. But it refreshes my soul, which is what my church needs is me to have a strong soul. The right. Bible says we guard for the souls of our flock. In, in Acts, we guard for the souls of our flocks. And so we have to be very careful to make sure our soul is healthy to do that. Um, then we have to create uh, quality relationships. I think the way you build really healthy soul strengthening is build quality relationships. And so your relationship with your wife, the spiritual connections you have with one another's, um, with a couple of key spiritual men in your church and a couple of um, spiritual leaders outside your church. As a pastor, you need to have both of those functioning consistently, spiritual leaders outside your church and spiritual leaders inside your church who can encourage you when you're discouraged, who can actually just look at you right. and say, are you going to oh, be okay? Yeah. Now, I think, about some of the, okay? I think about some of the pastors that we – um, work with and coordinate with, and you know, some, some of the, a lot of those pastors were here for the Shepherd Summit over the weekend. Um, let's talk about practical ways because practicality is one of the things that helps a lot of pastors. Sure. So, when you talk about encouraging and you know your board members, your deacons, your elders, um, you know whatever the case may be, 
and building that connection there, what are some practical ways to do that? Because some pastors are in a position where, you know, hey, my elder or elders, plural, whatever the case may be, small church, it may just be one or two guys. My elder or my deacons may just be, you know, Jim and Bob who come in on Sundays, but I don't see them for the rest of the week. Or Yeah, you got to change that. You yeah. got you to go after that with some discipleship. How do you we gotta, build that relationship? Well, uh, like most, you're, like you're most talking about. small church ministries, the, the deacons or elders have, have been put in that place um, and haven't been trained well. So right. training them comes with being a pastor there and let's read some stuff together and talk about it. Um, we, we've just bought the a box of books from uh, the Nine Marks group called Deacons. Oh, we're yeah. going we're gonna to yep. get some of our guys to read that together with us before we set up our next deacon board. And so <clears throat> there's a lot of good training stuff out there. But and if you just design your own, that's just a you know three-week curriculum. You're designing your elders. You're designing uh, you know, a curriculum for your elders or for your deacons. And you're just saying, hey, let's work through this together. Let's read the passages. You might just do some Timothy and Titus work. Right. Read the passages and talk about what that means. And then how are you doing in that? And you begin discipling those men. But the other thing I think that needs to happen is you're, as a pastor, you got to become vulnerable to those men gradually and let your guard down and let them know, you know, I'm not perfect at home. I'm not perfect at work. I'm not perfect in this career. you got to have some transparency. Yeah, I'm, I'm just, I, I struggle, you know. Right. And if, if you slip, you got to tell them you're slipping. Mm-hmm. And, and then they can become partners with you to carry and say, I just want you guys to carry me through this. I don't need you to go blab it to anybody. Yep. I just need you to carry carry me through this. And exactly. So it's really healthy to have those and to have a relationship with the older pastor or mentor or peer who can speak into your life. Um, just invaluable. I know for me, I had a hard time finding some of that here in Mobile when we moved here uh, initially, and it took me over 10 years to find a couple of really good, trustworthy people that were ministry-minded. Now, I had an elder that was off the charts like Christ, right? so I could talk to him, but he didn't have church packaging with his eldership. Sure. He was just a, you know, he was a welder right. <laughs> playing around the corner, but very, very much like Jesus yeah, the welder yeah, to me. very godly man. Very much like having Jesus the welder in my church. But when I needed that heavier, wow, we're trying to do some spiritual, we're trying to do some discipline in our church. We're, we're trying to move this uh, ministry model here. Yeah. He has no idea what all that means, sure. but, but I can drive to Birmingham where, you know, I went to college and the chairman of the board of my college had retired and was living in Birmingham, South Birmingham. And I could go sit on his back deck and just ask him questions. And I did that multiple times because I needed a mentor. I needed somebody to speak into my life and give me guidance. And that brought soul healing to me. It Mm -hmm. made my soul refresh enough to come back and say, let's, let me keep working on this. And several times he told me, your idea is terrible. I'm right. like, no, it's a great idea. It's right. I got out of your stu- notes from class. Yeah. He goes, yeah, but you're, you're all, your timing's all wrong. You're not thinking about all these other things. Well, I didn't understand that. Exactly. But he did. You know, his wisdom was way better than exactly. mine. So he pulled my reins several times that I didn't like, but I needed. You needed right? it. Yeah. yeah, sometimes we all need so, that. And then I can do a, a good deep Bible dive to get, to you know, for me, some a little inductive study goes a long way, and I can just pick a passage and go personally into it myself, just for me, and get refreshed in my soul. Um, now that may become sermon material later, so there's a dual purpose in that. But a lot of times it's just for me, and then I hear it come out in a sermon as a side note when I'm teaching. 
You know, I'm like, oh yeah, that was something I studied a long time ago. Right. Speaking of dual purposes, you kind of mentioned um, in the in your notes when you sent them to me that sometimes there can be some overlap between spirit care and soul care. Did you want to elaborate on that? Yeah, there's. I mean, there's a couple of them for that. Yeah. For, yeah, for me, bow Maybe hunting. Both. Yeah. Bow hunting is the classic right. of that, of course. Because it's <laughs> for me, I try to take at least a half a day, if not a day, and. I'm gonna sit in, sit in, sit out in nature, uh, sit in a tree, dress like a tree, yep. uh, pretending Smell to be like a tree. tree. Yeah, <laughs> pretending to be a tree. Look like a tree for as long as I can, <laughs> and as still as I can. But I'm also gonna have for with me. I'm gonna have a, a good book. I'm gonna have the script. I'm gonna have a, a Bible or a, a way to read my Bible in the thing. A lot of times I just copy notes exactly uh, onto my phone, and I'm gonna have a way to spiritually sit there and think about God. And then I'm just going to sit quietly. That quiet time is a great time for me. I can journal while I'm in that stand. It's very quiet um, and just peaceful because um, I usually don't ever see anything to shoot. So, right. <laughs> um, so it's a good usually day. how that works out. It's a good day. Um, but that is, that is both for me. It is physically um, refreshing, mentally very refreshing for me to be in the woods um, like that. Um, and then it's, it's soul refreshing when I just get to do it for a long period of time. And oh, yeah. Especially feed myself scriptures. Sometimes I'll even do a, I'll listen to a sermon or something if, you know, if, if the signal's good up there at the farm and I can get, get enough signal to do a sermon on podcast or YouTube. I'll listen to somebody's message on something and, and let that just be ministering to me. I don't even try to take notes on it. I don't want to do all that movement and stand anyway, but I'll just let myself hear that. So, right. And, and it ministers to me. Um, and then I'm still trying to learn Sabbath rest. So we probably need to get somebody on the podcast way better at teaching that, but learning how to take a day um, mm-hmm. in a week and just say done off rest, yep. rest, rest and rest for the glory of God. Mm-hmm. Um, not just cause you felt dead, passed out, exhausted, right? which is me typically. So, yes. um, but since we're, we're responsible for the souls of our flock, we really have to care for our souls. And, right. you know, we had some guys here the other day, we were talking about this, and, and they were just acknowledging it's hard sometimes to remember to keep that as, a, as, as something on your list to do. Um, but it's important. Most definitely. All right, guys. Well, that's going to do it for us today. Some really good content, some really good information. And we do want to say that, speaking of Carl Vader's, um, we'll drop the links uh, to all of his resources, his books, and all of that into the show notes, as well as the Nine Mark stuff that Dad mentioned. I want to thank all of you for listening to this episode of Rescuing Churches. We hope you found all the content and the dialogue helpful as always. I'm Josh. That's Stan, silent partner Mike, and we'll catch you next time. See you next time. You've been listening to Rescuing Churches, a discussion for the local church and its leaders. This show is brought to you by 614 Ministries. Be sure to follow us on Facebook and Twitter at 614Rebuild and visit us online at 614ministries.org. Also, subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you enjoy your podcasts. Thanks for listening.